Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of Yorkshire Housing's Raising the Roof podcast. I have today two special guests, one of whom um, you will doubtlessly know, given all the all the publicity that's been ongoing around the elections um, over the last few months. We are delighted to confirm that we've been joined today by Tracy Braven, who's the newly elected mayor for West Yorkshire. A little bit about Tracy, I can give you some some background. She's the not only the first ever woman Metro Mayor that's been elected in the UK, but as it's also been recently Yorkshire Day, it's only right that we celebrate all things that, that are good that come out of God's own own country. So Tracy's one of them. She was born and, and raised in, in Batley, uh, right here in the heart of Yorkshire. Um, she was a member of parliament for, for Batley and Spen from 2016 until 2021 and she represented as as is so important her hometown and also the area where many of her family still live um, as an mp you might know that she had several appointments she was uh, shadow early years minister shadow secretary of state for digital culture media and sport which has to be the longest job title of any i think i've come across um and the shadow minister for cultural industries you might know tracy because uh, before she entered uh, politics she also worked um, in uh, film and media, and she was an actor and appeared in several uh, soaps, uh, including Coronation Street, EastEnders, Casualty, and Emmerdale. In fact, it's easier to say the ones that Tracy hasn't starred in as opposed <laughs> to the ones that she has. As well as acting, I didn't know this, Tracy also wrote for a number of TV programmes, um, including uh, Shameless, which I absolutely love, um, Heartbeat, Hollyoaks, and Tracy Beaker. Now, Tracy, I do have to pick up with you about Tracy Beaker. I now find the person to blame for my kiddie winkles. Uh, prior to watching Tracy Beaker, they had no attitude. As soon as they watched Tracy Beaker, they changed. It was like they'd gone to high school. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're definitely holding you to blame in the Atkin household. Um, and also, there seems to be a bit of a Hollyoak steam now to our podcast. As you might recall, in, in episode two, uh, we had Jenny Hill. Um, join us and she'd previously worked on the uh, TV production design uh, for Hollyoak so uh, there's a there's a bit of a link there so uh, Tracy you're very welcome uh, great to have you on board and I'm so so grateful for you making the time today also joining us this morning is uh, Helen Lennon um, Helen is the chief exec at Connect Housing and also chairs the West Yorkshire Housing Partnership now Helen is one of those people who really did choose to go into housing. She's passionate about housing. She she grew up in a council house on the wrong side of the Pennines, I have to say, in the northwest of England. And although she's not a native of West Yorkshire, she did come to Leeds to study at university. So although she's not really born and bred here, we have sort of accepted her begrudgingly because she's now lived in Yorkshire longer than she's lived across across the Pennines on the dark side of, of the country. Um, she's worked in homelessness and housing for um, several years. She's told me how many, but I've decided not to, to reveal the true number. Um, and she says she's loved every minute of it. I think she meant, well, almost every minute of it. And what's interesting about Helen, I think she's quite unique. She was um, a tenant of the housing association that she's now chief executive of. Um, so she has a really sort of deep and long-standing connection and also has seen the business from, from both sides of, of the fence. 
But she's not nostalgic. Um, so she believes that we need to keep what's good about the past, but actually look to building a better future. So as I mentioned in, in the intro, she chairs the West Yorkshire Housing Partnership. What's that, you might be asking? Um, well, it's the first time that all the main housing providers working across the whole of West Yorkshire have come together. What really sort of fires up Helen um, is climate emergency. It's absolutely her key priority. And she believes that we're starting to see and feel the effects globally and also closer to home. And we need to work quickly to, to tackle the, the causal factors of that. She's also uh, three months into being a pescatarian. Um, and my daughter is also a pescatarian, which means that they um, eat fish, but not meat, um, and is turning her garden over to wildflowers. Now, I take that as an excuse for somebody who can't be bothered doing the gardening. And this is instead <laughs> saying, you know what, I'm not going to mow the Lord, I'm just going to let it grow. So there are two guests this morning. So um, again, thank you uh, very much for, for joining us. I'm I'm going to kick things off, Tracy, to, to you first of all. So you, I think you're sort of around that 100-day mark now. So, so what's the best thing about being the first West Yorkshire mayor? Well, certainly to be the first ever West Yorkshire mayor, the first ever woman metro mayor for the community that I grew up with and that I love. I mean, what I'm absolutely humbled and so privileged to be able to, to do this role. But um, I would say, having been in opposition... Uh, for five years and seeing the things that need to be done in Batley and Spen when I was the Member of Parliament, but not really having the power or the money to make those changes. So, for example, there wasn't a late night bus from Leeds back to Batley. So if you wanted to go to the theatre, um, you would have to get a taxi home. Having to lobby, lobby um, Arriva to make that happen. Whereas now as the West Yorkshire Mayor, it was a really great moment, two weeks in, I think, to be able to say we're going to go into an enhanced partnership with the uh, bus operators, and then we'll be looking at uh, public control, that we know that the bus um, network is broken, it doesn't work for the majority of the public, it's too expensive, it's not, it, it's not value for money, um, they're unreliable often. So to be able to have to make those really big changes, and also my 10 manifesto pledges, that were really pivotal, I think, during the election, to say to people, your life will change because these are the things that I'm committed to doing, whether that's around the 5,000 affordable, sustainable homes, the 1,000 jobs for young people and so on. We have now attached money uh, to all of those pledges and work has already um, is underway to get us to that target that I promised the public. So to be able to actually do things, to have my hands on the levers of power, but also on the um, money to make things happen, understanding my community in a way that I don't think those strangers in Whitehall and Westminster do. You know, I know what the issues are. I know what things we can do and how we can work collaboratively together to, to make change. It's a really exciting time for West Yorkshire. And, um, you know, it's great to be able to work with partners like yourself as well, because you can't do everything on your own as the mayor. You need to work with partners who, who know their, their territory, they know how to do things. So, yeah, it's a really, really exciting time, and I'm so honoured to be able to do it. Oh, that's great. And, and certainly the pledges... There's lots. You can't be accused of not being ambitious, I think, Tracy. I think uh, there's some really some real ambition uh, that comes through that. Can I just say, Nick, as well, I, th I think as someone who's involved in West Yorkshire, you can actually feel that. You can feel that. You know, we've had such a difficult 
18 months as a country. What's great about West Yorkshire is we've got something new to look forward to. We've got a new Metro Mayor to look forward to with local powers. And I think that's a, that's a really positive thing for the confidence of this region. Oh, that's a great, a great thing to say. And, you know, I'm very, I'm an optimistic person. I'm ambitious. You know, I feel we have an opportunity here that potentially could be once in a lifetime because we've got the people with us. I've got the mandate. People have bought into the manifesto pledges. The councils are all working alongside, trying to help me deliver those pledges. We could in the next three years, and I'm hoping I also get re-elected. So in the next seven years, I'm really hoping West Yorkshire will be the go-to place when you're choosing where to live and work and raise a family or grow old, that we'll have that offer that'll be quite compelling. Um, for people around the country. And now we realise we all don't have to live in a city necessarily. We don't have to live in London to achieve our dreams. We can with hybrid working and so on. We can live anywhere. So I'm really hoping Yorkshire um, uh, and West Yorkshire specifically will really flourish over the next few years. I'm going to come to that in a second, actually, Tracy, in terms of just, just what it will feel like different. But just to also echo what Helen has said, and particularly because you know, Yorkshire housing works across across the, the whole of God's own country. It is interesting the other regions are now looking to what's happening across West Yorkshire and saying, certainly in housing terms, actually there's a few things there that we could learn from and, you know, copy in terms of that. The impetus, I suppose, that your election and the process of having a Metro Mayor has, has galvanised really some of the, the really good efforts that were being made but probably weren't always aligned. And I think what you're bringing is that alignment. So, um, so yeah, just to sort of echo some of what, what Helen has said. But, but certainly talking about alignment, the opportunity to work with other metro mayors as well and to share best practice, share great ideas, you know, potentially who knows about procurement and economies of scale, you know, working with Steve Rotherham in Liverpool and mm. Burnham in Manchester, that M62 down the M1 to, to Dan Jarvis in Sheffield. You know, it is a real opportunity for Labour mayors to work with housing associations and, you know, to commit to try and end on-street homelessness, um, supporting affordable, sustainable homes, and, you know, working with Homes England and say, look at what we're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. work with us, um, have our ambitions, come, you know, come with us on this journey. I think it's, it is a very exciting time for the region. It's a proper, it's a proper northern powerhouse of mayors. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we even we even let Andy Burnham in, into Yorkshire, didn't we? Across <laughs> up that island. We even let him across that boundary. So um I, can I can I then take you back then, Tracy, in terms of the average person in the street in West Yorkshire, you know, what what will feel different? What will they notice that's different? And it's interesting you said about, you know, I you're aiming for two terms. So in in the next in three years' time, what will be different? And I suppose then thinking ahead, if you if you're re-elected in seven years, what how will how will West Yorkshire look and feel? Just give paint a little bit more of a picture if you could. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping we've had a horrendous 18 months, haven't we? Yeah. It's and certainly in West Yorkshire, we have had it tougher than other communities. We've been in some form of restrictions almost from the beginning. So our businesses, our communities have had it really hard and we've great areas of deprivation so we've been hyper exposed yeah. what i would like and this is hugely simplistic but i would like life to be easier for those for whom life is hard so whether that's 
being able to get a warm and safe home to live, whether that's being able to get the bus you need to get you home on time to pick up your kids, whether that's with my Fair Work Charter, to have more money in your pocket come Thursday to get you through to next week so that you're not always anxious and worried about how you pay the bills, how you get around, um, how you keep your children safe, um, and supporting your kids' ambitions as well. So I really am hoping that what we're putting in place, particularly around inclusive growth, will mean that people have a bit more money, they have a few more choices. Certainly standing at the bus stop, um, and I commute to work on the bus from Gummersall, and um, there are people at the bus stop with no choices. That if that bus does not come, they have to wait another hour for the next one, often in poor weather. You know, the implications at home, not picking up kids, not getting yeah. the tea on, you know, missing an appointment or, whatever, or being late for work. They can't just jump in an Uber. And I, I think I've been voted in as the voice of the people. And I just feel that my own my own experience of growing up, my sister is a carer. You know, my mom is um, 19 and an OAP. And I, I just think the 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 experiences of my family, but also my understanding of what made life easy for me, uh, I know that that I have a chance to make a few changes there and just to make life easier. Wouldn't that be nice to be able to say, let's have a holiday and let's go to Scarborough or something yeah. with your kids. Let's be, let's not worry about putting the heating on because it's really cold. Yeah. Just these things that a lot of people don't factor in, you know, looking at the, you know, do you go shopping and look at the price of absolutely everything because of what you've got in your purse? I, I, I'm in a really privileged position. I go shopping, I buy what I need mm -hmm. rather than having to buy what I can afford. And, um, you know, not everyone in West Yorkshire has that privilege. So it's an optimistic vision. It's about positivity. It's about being able to open up the choices, about being able to flourish and be and live your best life. Um, because of the choices that we make in the combined authority. Yeah, and and I think certainly in in housing terms, we both Helen and I in our organisations see on a regular basis. You know, families who are making the choice between heat and eat, mm -hmm. and and you, it's just so humbling and and so wrong. In in you know, it feels wrong to be in you know what the fifth uh, fifth largest economy in the in the world, and and the, yeah. you know, we still have. And, and that's why our organisations are, you know, are working hard to, to try and try and address that issue and, and ensure that we put, uh, you know, money into people's pockets and, and maximise their their sort of income. And certainly, certainly that phrase, you're only as strong as your weakest partner. It doesn't benefit any of us that people are living in poverty. One third of all children in West Yorkshire are, are growing up in poverty. This, this is, it doesn't bode well for our future and the impact on health, on um, policing, all of those you know, later challenges. If we deal with it now, and certainly as the, the shadow minister for early years um, in Angela Rayner's team for a couple of years, knowing that early intervention and support for those who are finding the, the toughest it serves everybody. It works for all of us. So that inclusivity and that opportunity for everyone to, you know, be the best they can be, 
I think as a Labour mayor, you won't be surprised to know that that inclusivity is is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tracy, I think that's a great ambition. I mean, it might sound simple, but I think it's exactly what people need to make life easier. Can I just dig a little bit more into into you, Tracy? Because I I suppose when we last met, the thing I took away from that, I was really, really struck by by your own personal housing story. And, And that, for me, really... Um, shone a light and and, made, and helped me understand why you were prioritising some of the things that you were in your campaign. And I just wondered if you're comfortable. I just wondered if you if you you'd be prepared to sort of share that journey on on this podcast and because and how that's helped shape your views and your pledges. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about it. When you're you know we we are, as politicians. We take our life experience into politics, don't we? Um, Whether that's a a life of privilege or whether that's a life that has been tougher than others. And certainly um, my dad was um, a salesman and so permanently in and out of work. And we'd bought a house in Canard Close. I think it was in in Dewsbury. And we just couldn't pay the mortgage. So my mum handed the keys in and... Basically, we were we were homeless and had to throw ourselves on the mercy of the council, and this is a process. So, we are, you know, the the removal vans outside the house. I, I was only little; I think I was five or six, um, and we didn't know where we were going. So that 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 absolute, you know, horror of not knowing where you're going to be living. I think if you've not experienced it, I think it's very hard to imagine. And there was. Um, a period of time when, I mean, it could have been half an hour, it could have been five hours, I can't, you know, but it felt really, really important that we didn't know where we were going to be as my dad tried to liaise with the council. Anyway, we got um, a two-bedroom flat in um, Howden Clough in Bristol, and that security, my dad was then still in and out of work, my mum set up a cafe in Bristol to try and keep the money coming in, but that security of tenure even though it was a, we were really, you know, it was a small flat, but you knew that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that situation again, where you were out in the street with the, all your belongings in a in a van, and not knowing where you're going to be, that you know, where you're going to put your head that night, um, and of course, you know, that that does stay with you, but also knowing all the. You know, I've had an amazing life and really fulfilled my potential and done a travel the world and worked with amazing people. But that background and that opportunity, whether that's um, quality education, whether that's being able to go to university for free, um, whether that when I was starting out as an actor, being and I was sofa surfing on people's floors and then having daily issue from the DSS, having that safety net to support me when I was first starting out and potentially vulnerable to exploitation, all of those things I'm not sure are still in place anymore for young people to be brave and to take those choices to try and fulfill their dreams. So it does, it does, you know, really impact your experience um, and your thinking about what, what needs to be done. So uh, there are many people who didn't have that happy ending we did. We know that the housing waiting list, the, the council house waiting, waiting list has thousands of people on it for just a handful of properties. And there are many families still in bed and breakfast, which potentially my family could have been. 
um, uh, you know, had things not been had things been different. So it does inform my choices. And we know, and you all know more than anyone, that a secure home is the bedrock for everything. It's the bedrock when you're talking about domestic violence. At least having a safe home where you can, um, you know, feel protected is important. Whether that's health, having a home with no mould and where you can put the heating on is really important. Or whether it's about getting to school and, you know, being able to do your homework because you're not moving around all the time. You know, all it, a, a, a secure home is the starting block for absolutely everything we hope to do for our communities. So, you know, really great that you've come together, um, bring all those housing associations together as well with under that same umbrella of fairness. And, you know, if everybody had a safe um, home that, was, that, you know, that they felt secure in, how much else would be sorted out? And how much else would, could we deal with in society? Um, it's really, really important. The right housing at the right price in the right place. Really, um, I think three uh, important rules of thumb. Your passion for for it comes through, and I think that's why I, th I you know I wanted to ask the question about you in terms of whether you'd share that because it was, as I say, the one thing I really took away with me from from when we last met, and I and I thought really today it'd be be helpful for for others listening to the podcast to to understand that. So, so Helen, can I come to you obviously now? So, um, you know those five thousand new affordable homes that that Tracy. Um, has has mentioned and are a part of a pledge. It's it's an ambitious target. We know, you know, we've been been around a while, both of us. We know that's an ambitious target. Um, so how, as chair of the West Yorkshire Housing Partnership, how do you think the, the partnership can help to deliver that housing vision that that Tracy so passionately sort of um, outlined uh, outlined there? So um, no pressure, Helen, but um, how are you going to help deliver? <laughs> Well, the great thing is that we're also very passionate about it and and welcome a mayor that's got that kind of passion. And just picking up on your story, Tracy, you'll know the film Cathy Come Home. Very well. Yeah, and your story sounds a little bit similar to that. And that was one of the... Uh, that's where a number of the partners uh, were formed as a consequence of Cathy Come Home and the movement to actually create housing associations. And so it's very deep-rooted in our... Um, existence to actually address homelessness and uh, provide good quality, secure, stable, safe accommodation. And exactly, you know, as someone else who grew up in a council house, I think it's a great investment in children. And I think that's that's one of the, the, the key things that drives us all as housing partners. And there are 13 of us in the partnership. We are... Um, as Joe Cox said, there is more that unites us than divides us. And we've got common bonds of our values and social purpose, but we're also very diverse. So we've got the two local authorities that retain their stock, Kirkley's and Leeds. They've got um, experience of the statutory responsibilities for homelessness and adult social care that they bring to the partnership. We've got housing associations that, as Nick has said, have worked across other areas with metropolitan mayors. And they can, I know you don't like to reinvent the wheel, Tracy, neither do we. So we're learning from those other combined authority areas. We're all not for profit. So everything we make, we invest back into homes and communities. 
and that includes um, uh, new affordable homes. Obviously, that's one of our main reasons for existence. And you, you, your pledge of 5,000 homes, we've worked out that we've got quite a lot of capacity to help you deliver on those 5,000 homes. But the key thing is that we all work together with the right people. You've already mentioned them, Homes England, the combined authority, the local authorities, to overcome some of the barriers of, of, of the land that, that's available. Because yeah, Yorkshire's got a fantastic heritage of industry and beautiful buildings, but some of that means that it's quite expensive to develop in, in some of the areas, especially around regeneration. So, you know, we've got five ambitions. The first ambition is to build more homes, the affordable homes. The second is to help regenerate areas, which you've talked about already, so especially some of our local towns like Dewsbury, where maybe there's some economic decline, there's some um, decline in the housing market. So we, we put our money where our mouth is and actually proactively want to come and invest in those areas. Um, obviously, climate emergency is a, a major priority for us. And I think more than in any of the other areas, we have to work together on that because only by working together can we achieve the economies of scale to build the supply chain, to create the skills um, which we need. And I know you're very passionate about a green economy and so are we. Um, we were a large employer. Uh, we've got 170,000 properties between us. So by working together, we can both well, do our bit to contribute towards tackling climate emergency and create jobs and skills in the region. And then finally, um, I know you're very passionate about dementia and homelessness, and we've also got lots of skills um, and expertise within our partnership in terms of supporting people, offering specialist accommodation that, that the private sector doesn't generally offer for people who are experiencing homelessness or domestic abuse. So there's a there's a whole variety of ways that as a partnership, we feel your, our pledges, our ambitions align completely to your pledges. And we are very keen to work with you and very positive. And as I said earlier, your positive energy is infectious mm. in the nicest mm. possible way. It it's is. pandemic. It it's infectious. And so, you know, we're feeling very confident that with your regional leadership, we can really make a difference. That's great. Thanks. Thanks, Helen. Um, and I'm going to pick up on two points from that on climate emergency and dementia in a second. Um, and I'm also uh, getting in my ear. Um, I'm being told that um, we I need to pick up the pace. So I'm going to I'm going to try and try and uh, uh, make sure I cover everything. We've got loads that we still need to cover. Um, and we've also got the, for the last five minutes, the rapid fire round uh, where Tracy, I will come back to those holiday destinations that you were talking about before. So uh, watch this space. You have been warned. Tracy, I suppose one of the reasons that Helen and I were so pleased to see um, a new mayor being introduced in West Yorkshire was, I suppose, We've, we felt the Devo deficit, as it, as it was called. Um, you know, we saw what had happened and what was happening in other regions and how, um, you know, that, that had worked well, and particularly the mayor bringing, bringing uh, a cross-section of people and organisations together. Um, and we know, you know, occasionally heads need to be banged together as well to, to clear some blockages where they, they can occasionally exist. Um, just in all of that, just really interested in, in terms of you, well, you know, What's your leadership style and approach? You know how how do you how do you get people to to you know deliver and and contribute to, towards those pledges? You know how 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 do you corral the masses? 
Well, I think I think thinking back to my career as an actor, I've, I always understood that if you cast a show right, you never have to worry about the, <laughs> the performances or the, or the production. So it is about making sure you surround yourself with people with the same energy and the same uh, positivity and the same desire to work hard. Because of course, you know, this is going to be tough. You know, these these homes we're trying to identify if it was easy, it would have been done five years ago. So we have to be you know, creative in solving this problem. I'm very much, having been in the creative sector, um, a collaborator. I'm somebody that likes a consensus. I, I often uh, get to a decision point by talking with others. Um, I'm not strident in my uh, uh, opinions. I feel I'm pretty agile and uh, will be flexible listening to more information. I don't know everything. And certainly I've been in the last few weeks doing a PhD in local government. So I know that I don't know everything. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's working with partners. So I take a partnership approach that there will be people who know much more about, about housing than I do, much more about transport than I do. But it's also trusting the people that you have put into place to give you the warts and all view about what needs to be done. And, you know, when it comes to housing, we are going to, you know, it is going to be tough. It is going to be hard hitting that 5,000 sustainable, affordable target. But we can do it if we are creative, um, if we... Uh, work together and certainly knowing that the Labour Council leaders are all on board as well, as well as yourselves. I, I know that there's nothing that can stop us because there's no blockage. <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of money um, and also, you know, um, uh, identifying those sites. But I know that we can do that together. So when it comes to leadership style, I'm afraid you probably have to ask my team on that, what they think my style is. But I think it's, it's very much a team effort. And, um, you know, there's, there's no room for hierarchy um, and status when you've got a lot to do. Just everybody roll up their sleeves and get on with it. I, I, I love that phrase, PhD in local government. I think uh, I think uh, there are many people who will be clamouring for your uh, your exam notes on that one. So uh, um, I, I, I promise that I'd get to dementia and climate emergency. So I'm going to come to dementia first. And I, and I suppose, you know, I know from from my mum's my, my own mum's journey with dementia, um, it, it's a really horrible disease. It's really cruel. But I suppose despite that, you know, if you've got the right care and the right support, many people can can still continue to sort of live independently as as my mum has. She was recently 87. Um, and, and so for me personally, it was great to see sort of dementia right up there on, on your list of pledges, Tracy. And I suppose simple thing, really, you know, what 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 can we do to help and support you with that? Because, you know, the it is an area that you know many of us um, you know already do do quite a bit of work in. But is there anything else we can do? Is you know what would really help make a difference and drive that forward? Well, look, the the problem is not going to go away. It's going to get increasingly difficult, more difficult, isn't it? And the reason why it was important to me was, as I mentioned, my sister is um, an at home carer, and we'd go out and she'd tell me stories of how difficult it has been visiting someone, for example, with dementia. She only has a certain amount of time to visit people. And, and she went to one person who she couldn't find in the house. 
and there were too many rooms, you know, that, that she was searching through the rooms calling for them and they were hiding in the wardrobe. Oh. And uh, so I, I, and there was another uh, person that she visited that she had to keep locked in. And you just think, well, if there was a fire, they wouldn't be able to get out. Yeah. So I think there's, it's important that we try as much as we can to keep people in their own homes that are familiar, uh, but also to be able to identify risk um, to make sure that they are also safe in their home. So I know that there's work going on in Parliament with your party parliamentary groups, but there's also the work that you're doing in partnership where how can I help you deliver on your ambitions as well to make sure that people can stay in their home as long as possible with the greatest amount of dignity, but also with the most support so that, um, you know, that, that it's easy, easier to have a loved one who is kept um, in their home. And I know that when I last uh, came to the, I think it was the Housing Association, um, a meeting and there was a great member of your team talking about the innovative work that they've been doing uh, for dementia um, sufferers and uh, what you know it's um, memory boxes and songs and the creative elements of the past that has you know that they've done some really interesting work that we can maybe factor that in and make um, uh, uh, homes that are you know, together. So you are part of a community. You're not isolated on the end of, you know, some sort of end of a bus route, um, you know, unable to get out, unable to share time with others because you're too far away from people who are experiencing the same things. But what we don't want is just to be building care homes. I mean, obviously there's a yeah. need, but yeah. to enable people to stay in their own homes with dignity is a challenge but it's something I know working with partners that we can we can get to grips with. And if that's extra funding, you know, we I think it's a priority to try and find it. Okay, okay. I'm going to quickly shift across to um, climate emergency. And I suppose we've only got a couple of minutes on this, but I suppose I'm going to ask you both um, same thing, really, that, you know, we know there's a climate emergency, you know, it's there and it's very apparent for us all to say, what, what should we all be doing now to ensure that our children and particularly our children's children aren't going to be picking up the pieces from our actions or indeed our inaction um so don't know whichever one of you wants to go first yeah well if i kick off um just to say it is imperative that we act and that's why i was really proud that the councils have committed to uh, uh zero carbon by 2038 but to get there, we have to reduce our emissions by 50% every five years. Now, transport is 44% of our emissions, but buildings, including homes, are 41%. So I'm tackling, trying to tackle buses and transport and getting more people onto trains and onto buses and uh, active travel. But it is absolutely vital that we take control over our own issues which is about public buildings and to um, limit those emissions from our public buildings but also around homes so retrofitting is going to be really really important um, and that is also an opportunity for skills and training and jobs um, for youngsters who've been badly hit by covid so it's it's making sure we have their their skills in place to do that work, um, also to get people to shift to electric vehicles, but that's also about what type of home do they live in? Do they have a charging point at the end of their street when it's back-to-backs? 
where do how do you charge an electric vehicle um uh, if you you know if you're living in a a, a a congested community so there's lots we can do but you're absolutely right it's uh, very it's imperative and urgent yeah and i completely agree with tracy i think the most important thing is that because there's quite a lot of climate anxiety around at the moment because it can seem overwhelming and i think it's really important that we act and we do something, even if we take baby steps. And so the partnership has already started working with um, Tracy um, to uh, to actually look at a joint bid. And I think if we can do more joint bids together where we can actually bring investment into the region and actually show what can be done, that will help private owners, private landlords to see what else can be done in terms of housing. And so it is about, you know, increasing insulation, but it's also about generating energy, more affordable energy from renewals on housing. Um, and most importantly, I think it's helping people understand how to use technology, how to use whatever we change in a, in a home in a way that's not overwhelming, that's not frightening. And actually that, you know, you've made the point earlier about poverty, Tracy, it's got to be realistic because when people are making a choice between eating and heating their home, actually some of the technology um, could be could make that more challenging for them. So we've actually got to be realistic in the way we deal we deal with that. But I, I read a really in, uh, it was it sounds negative, but it's actually quite an inspiring quote from Harper Lee yesterday, which if I remember rightly, it says um, real courage is when you know that you're licked from the beginning, but you begin it anyway, and you carry on no matter what. And I don't think we're licked, but clearly climate emergency is becoming more urgent, it's becoming more evident. And, um, and there could be a feeling that we're licked. And I think that's why we have to come together and have the courage and have the can-do attitude that we will start acting on it now. But certainly as the mayor with some of the powers to potentially buy green electric buses, to get more active travel, to build those cycle routes, to encourage more people to take um, different choices about trying to get them out of their car and onto public transport. It's, it's actually quite an exciting place to be because Potentially, it's not just about me as an individual making choices. I live in a vegan household and they will be very, <laughs> you know, that they really are very smug about what they're doing for the planet. Um, and I think it's, it, you know, making choices like that as an individual are very important, uh, whether you eat meat or not, for example. But actually, as mayor, working with yourselves, we could have a wider impact and actually fundamentally make some of a difference toward that climate um, target. And 2038 is not far away. We have a lot to do in order to get there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So it's the last five minutes and we're into the quick fire round. So this is where um, it's literally the first thing that comes into your head in response to, to the questions that are posed. So, um, oh, this would be a tricky one for you, Tracy. First one to kick us off. Who's the most interesting person you've ever met? Oh, blimey. Well, I've met some absolutely amazing people and I've been around the world and I, I remember the Iraqi Special Forces officer in Mosul. He was really interesting. But I had a trip to Estonia as a member of parliament and the, the, the um, ambassador there, a, a woman, talking to me about the way that they've, the whole country has gone online was really, really exciting. That wow. 
the interconnectivity, but also the privacy that is kept with, and, and it just get, really inspired me about how we can be more digital. And so it's given wow. me loads of, loads of ideas about the digital economy. Right, Estonia, here I come. Um, Helen, same question to you, most interesting person you've ever met. To be honest, anyone during lockdown. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good answer. That is a cracking answer. I like that. I do like that. So next one. Um, none of us can go abroad at the moment. We're all planning a staycation. Um, so where in Yorkshire, of course, um, would you recommend as a holiday destination? Uh, Helen, you first on this one. Well, Yorkshire's got everything, hasn't it? So it depends on your mood. But for me, I like sea and I like history. So it's got to be Whitby. Oh, yeah, Whitby is absolutely gorgeous. Do you know what? Ilkley is pretty fantastic. Ilkley has everything. The Lido, uh, the Lido, however you say it. It's got the walking, the cycling, the the the, the bars and restaurants. It's got a cinema. But actually, it looks like I'm moving to Slowit, so that's where I'm going to be for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Ilkley, Slowit or Whitby. You heard it here first. The bookings are going to be off the scale. Go on booking.com now. Um, so next one. Oh, another tricky one for you you actually Tracy favorite show or musical oh it's got to be Hamilton hasn't it oh no oh, so, you've got to be in the room it's all I hear it's all I hear in the car every every time I get in the car it's like oh can we have Hamilton on oh no right okay Hamilton for you Helen I was gonna say the same oh, oh I'm <laughs> surrounded by Hamilton I'm surrounded oh no no I'm gonna move on so favorite band uh well old school Fleetwood Mac or the Eagles Oh, Tracy? Yeah, no band for me, Billie Eilish. I mean, I know that's a teenage, essentially a teenager's rock star, but the way that she defines her herself and her persona, public persona, you know, when she said, I think it was this week, she said, always having to make the best of yourself and look good is so joyless and takes so much joy out of life. And, she, you know, she's just a great role model. I have two daughters who I just think, oh, listen to more Billie Eilish, will you girls? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I take inspiration as you can probably tell if you if you're watching snippets of this podcast. Uh, I've given up trying to trying to look good anymore. When you've got no hair, there's no point. Um, uh, final one on the quick fire round, and this is uh, we don't normally have this on the quick fire round, but obviously as we've got two very cultured people with us today, favorite artist for many years, Paula Rago, um, and then I had the honor of I did an MA in screenwriting, and I met. Paula's daughter. So then I got to meet Paula Rago and bloody look at her stuff, you know, just amazing. <laughs> she's a she's a Portuguese feminist wow, and uh, is still working into her late 80s. She's phenomenal. There's there's hope for us all. There's hope for us all. Yeah. Well, there's two for me because I love sculpture and I particularly love sculpture when it's in nature. So I love Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Oh. Um, but I really like Anthony Gormley because being from the Northwest, Formby, you'll know Formby, uh, Nick, with the, um, what's it called, the view beyond or something, the men standing out to sea, and obviously the Angels of the North. I also love Grayson Perry, and I've been to the House for Essex, uh, which oh. is amazing. I haven't stayed there because it's phenomenally expensive, but I've been and had a look around the outside and peered through the windows of other people staying there. No, I didn't do that really. But uh, so, yeah, they're my favourites. Uh, I have to say, this is a first for this podcast. It's the most cultured podcast we've had, I think, today. <laughs> so you've definitely won the prize, both of you. Final question before we finish up. The last 18 months have been 
pretty disruptive as probably is the polite way of describing it one prediction for the next 12 months ahead wow blimey tracy you go first (laughs) as i said blimey nobody can predict anything politics is so volatile at the moment you can think one thing and then in the next day it's something completely different but what i hope is that in west yorkshire we can just be more optimistic and more hopeful about the future and you know we leave the leave all that horror behind us and just look to a brighter future. And and on a similar vein, I think I don't think we can and I don't think we want to deny that it's going to be challenging because the next, not just the next 12 months, but the next few years are going to be challenging for all sorts of reasons. But what I'm optimistic about for West Yorkshire is that we can create opportunities out of those challenges with the new mayor. So that's it. You've heard it first. They're the predictions for the next uh, 12 months here in West Yorkshire. Can I just say a massive thank you Uh, both to Tracy and and Helen for giving up their their time today. It's been um, absolutely fantastic. I think we've covered a whole raft of of subjects and you've heard several exclusives here first. Just don't forget, please, there are all the previous podcasts are available via your uh, normal podcast provider. But that's it for, for this. It's a wrap. Thanks ever so much. I'm off to buy some new artwork and book my staycation. Take care and see you all very soon.